I'll tell you Bibles and turn to Colossians 3, third chapter, starting with the eighth verse. Colossians 3, 8. But now ye also put off all the and put all put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blaspheme, filthy communication. Out of your mouth lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in all. But put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Let's pray together, please. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee how Thou hast watched over us, blessed us, and and keep us, and that you loved us with an everlasting love from the foundation of the world, and in time you called us and placed us in thy body. We praise thee and thank thee for that. We know that we're not worthy the least of thy mercies, and we just pray that all here that you'd bless, O Lord, according to thy goodwill and pleasure, and that the lost might see Jesus high and lifted up for them, and each saint, Lord, we we would remember the charity that you call us to, that we might love one another as we ought to love, and then all things that you might be magnified and glorified. Pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Charity, the bond of perfection. I, when I started out, I used to say perfectness and perfectness. So if I say perfectness, you'll know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> there are four types of love mentioned in the New Testament, and these are the Greek words, eros, and that's romantic, and storge, family, or familiar, uh, phila, and like in Philadelphia, friendship, and agape, selfless, or charity, love, and this is the love that God said he has for his people, this is the love that we're to have for one another, and for God Almighty, and so we're talking about charity, which is uh, the agape love, and it's not just friendship love, like uh, you love your good friends, or familial, like you love your children, your wife, and they love you in return. This is a higher love, that we're to love one another even as Christ has loved us, as it mentions in the book of John. And so we want to look at this uh, this afternoon for a little while. And as the children of God, there are some things that we need to take off or put off, and we read the several things there that we should not have and and prejudice that we should uh, remove that in the church there's neither and goes through with the <clears throat> the barbarian Scythian nor the free but Christ is all in all and so whether it's a free man what's a slave where he's a Jew where he's a Gentile uh, these should not matter whatsoever and of course sometimes the south has a bad reputation about color and yet it should not be any restrictions on that because we're all one person or one people in Christ. And so we need to put off some things, and then there's some things we, we need to put on. And uh, 
And one of those is that we learn to love as we ought to love. Now, this is not natural to, the, to, the, to man. It is not natural uh, to be meek. Uh, that is to think of the other person first and, <clears throat> if you will, and be kind-hearted, humble, and all these things. And some things just raise our temperature up. And our temperature gets pretty high sometimes. I, I blame mine on being Irish. So I have an excuse for my anger, but if you're not Irish, I don't know if you've got an excuse or not. But we're not, regardless of what we are, we need to learn to control all these things, especially toward the people and children of God. Uh, some downplay God's love, but I think of John 3.16, <clears throat> For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, according to that passage, God sent his Son into the world because he so loved us. And I, I, I can't remember what sermon I was listening to been a while back where they said love has nothing to do with it. That, you know, they talk about different things why Christ come. And I thought... God says it does. He says He's loved us, and we look at a, some verses, just a few verses on that. I think we all know that, but to me it's just ridiculous what some people come up with, and that was the purpose. He set His love on us from the foundation of the world. And now you and I have a hard time doing that. And what is it, what is it set His love on? He just chose His people, and He set His love on them. He didn't go through and say, well, your personality doesn't fit what I want and all that. Wasn't like that. We see all kinds of people God saves. We see all kinds of temperament. And we see all kinds of, if you will, people. You just name it in the world. There's people like that in the church. And these things we have to overcome by the grace of God. And so when we think about the reason is that... <clears throat> We are, as, we, as God set his love upon us, as we'll look in a little while, we ought to set our love on one another. We just purpose to do that. And sometimes we don't think we're supposed to purpose to do that. You know, it's going to happen automatically. We're in the same church. So no. If you're a human being, a sinner saved by grace, <clears throat> you're going to have to work at it. If you're going to love people like God says to love, now we can like one another good enough. You know, and get along with one another, you know, put up with one another, but that's not what God says. He doesn't say, well, just put up with one another best you can. He says, love one another. And the word he uses is the same love he has for us. So if when we look around, we don't use human examples of what that love should be. We look at the kind of love God has for us. And yes, God does give us people. Paul says, look to me, follow me as an example. And God does do that, but the ultimate, if you will, love is found on the cross at Calvary. And how God called us, and you know what kind of person you are, and he called you regardless of who you were, and then we see other people that God calls. He calls murderers, he calls thieves, he calls, you just name it, he calls them. Because it pleased him so to do, and he just set his love upon them. Sometimes some Christians are easier to love than others. <clears throat> and 
And some, somebody said, well, yeah, I'm going to work at it to love brother so-and-so, uh, our sister, whoever. And that comes down to I love them because God loves them. <clears throat> God has may have uh, for saving his people. He starts with an everlasting love. The love is personal. I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, the loving kindness have I drawn thee. And that's in the book of Jeremiah. And yes, he was talking to the Jews, but the same uh, true for the elect Jews is the same that's true for his elect of any kind. Whether it be Jew or Gentile, you are the beloved saint of the Lord God. <clears throat> if you're saved, then because of that love, we need to live for him. We need to be an example of who he is. And therefore, we must put off all forms of wickedness and put on the goodness and the love of Christ <clears throat> that does constrain us because he died and because he died, we live. But we're supposed to die to self and live for God. In verse 14, it says, Above all things, put on charity with a bond of perfectness, charity that glues and binds the manifold graces of God. This bond of perfectness. And it keeps and keeps us working properly as Christians. And so this is one of those essentials that we, if you will, that we, we speak about above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. If you don't have charity, you'll never live righteously. You can't do it. And if you don't have charity toward the brothers and sisters in Christ, you're always going to be, if you will, favoring one above the other, the one that I kind of like versus the one that I don't like. And that's not the way we're to be. We're to be, if you will, like we're in heaven already. <clears throat> in, uh, in heaven already, we're going to love one another as God says we're to love one another. There's no, there's no imagination in my mind that says we would hold grudges, that we, if you will, tell stories, gossip, or do any of those things. In glory, we think, well, preacher, we're not going to be doing that there. It's absolutely right. And that's what God calls us to live here. Once the saints are, <coughs> what the saints are to God, chosen in Christ, Ephesians 1, 4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, <coughs> that we should be holy without blame before him in love. This is not friendship love. This is, uh, this is selfless love. <clears throat> we are counted perfect now, but one day we shall be perfect. And each one of us knows that we don't, I don't even have to tell you this, that we're not perfect yet. We have these things that go through our minds and things we know we're not supposed to think of and things we do sometimes that... Why did I do that for? And it's because we're not per perfect yet, but we strive toward perfection. Beloved, chosen in sanctification, or sanctified, 2 Thessalonians 2.13, but you're a bond to give <clears throat> thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. So now we have a little bit more about our salvation. God had loved us with an everlasting love, and in time he called us uh, 
by the gospel message, but it is the Spirit that sanctified us, that is, that set us aside for the purpose of God. And as a sanctified and to be used as a holy instrument and tool in the hands of Almighty God, this is what it's speaking of. And we are sanctified by the Spirit and belief of the truth. We're not to believe a lie. You say, well, how we know what's truth or not? We have the guide. We have the interpreter. We have the one that wrote the Scriptures in us. And so when somebody starts telling us a lie, we should be able to differentiate in time. I say in time because I've, I've fallen for some of that junk before myself uh, that until God brings you out of it sometime, you might stray for a while. But nonetheless, it is the Spirit of God that brings us through uh, to the belief of the truth. We're not to believe a lie. We're not to believe, well, I've got to do this to be saved or God do that to be saved other than believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Scriptures have said. <laughs> Saints are holy and the beloved of God, Romans 1.7, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God manifests His love for us in Christ. There in 1 John 4, in 1 John 4, in verse 9, in this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that He might live, that ye, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation. For our sins, beloved, if God so love us, we ought also to love one another. Now the next verse says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit, and we have seen and do testify that God Father sent the Son, His Son, uh, to be the Savior of the world. And it goes on how we're to confess those things. And as we think about uh, this is from Psalms 91.14, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will I declare, deliver, excuse me, will I deliver him, I will set him on high because he has known my name. <clears throat> and uh, we think about setting our love. We're to set our love on God. We're to set it upon one another, we don't go by they, you know, they look good or they're like me or something else. We're to do it because they're God's children. We're in the family of God, and we're to do that. Zephaniah three seventeen: The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, is mighty to mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. We he will rest in his love. He will. Joy over thee with singing. That's going to be a wonderful day. Get the glory and be, and we're presented unto him blameless. We have that in Ephesians. We have that in other passages where it says that we'll stand before him blameless or that, <clears throat> that we'll be, if you will, righteous and all the other things that speaks of us when we're in glory that in that day the, the plan of God will have its results. 
there'll be how many ever he chose from the foundation of the world there and perfect. More perfect than Adam even hoped to be. And I'm talking about in the flesh. I think he's going to be there, so he'll be perfect there too. Isaiah 63, 9. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them in his love and by in his pity. He redeemed them, he bare them, and carried them all the days of old. Now you say, well, that's talking about ills. Well, that's true. He's doing us the same way. He delivers us, he places us, he takes care of us, he watches over us. <clears throat> I, I think sometime, uh, if, it, if he wasn't God, he couldn't do it. And so I said, well, these guys ministering angels, and that's true. Hebrews tells us these angels are there and minister and so on and so forth. But this is talking about personal. This is talking about personal. He might send his angels out to do this, that, and the other, but it is God that watches over you, protects you, and keeps you. Whether he has to send a legion of angels or whatever it is, he'll do whatever is necessary. John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. Some don't think we have to be righteous. And we call them antinomian. But every one, every one of us got a little antinomian in us. And we think of certain things, but I don't see really how that's really bad. I don't see how it's really wrong. If I, and uh, I always use a white lie. Because <clears throat> I've been told over my years, when I was a kid on up, really white lies don't count. If all you ever did was tell one white lie, <clears throat> you'd be cast into the lake of fire unless God saved you. Amen. So any sin you commit is bad. Because if that was the only one, that'd be the one to doom you. Now there's nobody that's ever lived and committed just one sin. John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, you're surviving my love. Even as I kept my Father's commandment, abiding his love. And we can go on reading scriptures, if you will, about keeping the commandments and obeying, obeying God. Somebody said, well, we're not Jews. We don't have to do that. But God calls you to righteousness. God has put his spirit in you so that you can live righteously. The Jews had to strive and had to do this and set and, and had to have limitation because in the human contact, if you will, or <clears throat> you have to have something that is a barrier to you to keep you from going so far and no further. We don't have that. There you break the law, you die. There you break certain laws, you're kicked out of the Israel. We don't have that. Somebody might want to kick you out of the church, but you can't be kicked out of glory. We don't have that barrier there. What we have is, if you will, the love of God in us and our love for Him, which should cause us to desire to live righteously. We're not getting into chastisement, but that's a key, key, if you will, that's one of the things God did. God's love and provisions put off and put on some things. Put off some things in verses 8 through 10. Put on, uh, put, <clears throat> put on the heart of mercy, compassion, pity, kindness, goodness, humbleness, if you will. And <clears throat> we're not to think too highly of ourselves. And 
if you will, we're to be modest, and I'm talking about humility there, and and moral lightness, literal littleness, and modesty. We're to count others better than ourselves. And yes, that is almost impossible unless you got God. If you have God, then it is possible. But it's not possible for a human being to do just what I could. What I just read. Not even one of them. Meekness, empty of self and filled with God, except God's dealing without murmuring, complaining, not, not elated or cast down because not occupied with self. So meekness is really getting rid of self and living for God. And so meekness says, if I have this problem and so on and so forth, so what? And if I'm given a billion dollars, so what? Meekness doesn't get excited about things of the world, nor does it get excited with things that we count as evil or bad in our life. And let me say to you, we all know that we've fallen short of being meek as God calls us to be. Be meek. We're to long, be long-suffering, steadfast, <coughs> persevere, patient, forbearance, slowness, in, in avenging wrongs. Uh, that's one. I, somebody said, you go overboard Lord, uh, with that uh, forgiveness thing. I do. It takes away responsibility. And what I mean, that forgiveness thing, where you just forgive and you don't, that's all you do. Well, I forgive you. That's it. God says, go get it right. That's what He says do. As long as you have Christians that are odd with one another, and there's going to be a difference there. There's going to be a schism. And you say, well, I forgave them. That's it. Sometime it might be the other way around that when you say you forgive them, really, you was wrong. <clears throat> you need to work it out. And I always say, when does God forgive you? When you confess your sins. You find anywhere in the scriptures that he forgives his people without any repentance. Can two walk together except to be agreed? They cannot. And if you've got odds against your brother or sister in Christ, you say, well, I forgave them. Well, you have not reconciled. There's no reconciliation there. The other person might not think they've done anything wrong to begin with. That's the reason we go and make and work it out. <clears throat> forbearing and putting up with one another in the church. Forgive one another, if you will, as Christ has forgiven us. When we get to glory, we're not going to say, when well, I was a better Christ- member of that church than they were. I don't think anybody's, anybody's going to say that. We're going to say, well, they, they, they weren't as good a Christian as I was and all that garbage. No. We'll actually be meek for sure there. We'll not be calling up different apostles and prophets and say, why'd you do that sin? Why'd you do that? Go to Abraham. Don't you know when you went down to Egypt? There'd not be any of that. <clears throat> we'll be reconciled already. And we'll realize that reconciliation when we get to heaven for sure. Above all these, put on charity, put on the garment of love which God provides us in Christ Jesus. 
Some of the passages, you know, taking, taking off the old man, putting on the new man, and, and if you will, that we love one another, cast off all these other things and put on love, and, and as I mentioned here, as a garment. And mercy, above mercy, humility, kindness, meekness, and long-suffering is love. Above forbearance, above all these, put on love. Put on charity, John thirteen thirty four. a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Now the scriptures tells us that we're to love God with our all. It says we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. But we are to love the saints as Christ has loved us. Now, who of us has gone to a cross for our brother or sister in Christ? Some have died for their brothers and sisters in Christ in the times of many martyrs and different things. But nobody has loved us and cared for us like Jesus. That's the kind of charity it's talking about. We're to love one another even as Christ loved us. Now, when you sin, what does Christ do? Well, that's it. I had enough of you. I'm kicking you out of the kingdom. Doesn't do that, does he? You confess your sins. He is faithful and just to cleanse you from all sin. Excuse me. How many of your sins is he remembering? When you go to confess your sins before God, God doesn't remember them. It speaks about several different places God not remembering our trespasses. Now you say God knows everything. That's absolutely right. But as our judge, he does not know one sin. As the one that we have to give an account for as our Father and as our God, He does not have one thing against us if, as the old saying goes, we're prayed up. Now, if you have some sin you're trying to hide from God, then you're going to have miserable, you're going to be miserable until you get that taken care of. Though, how are we to forgive one another? Just as Christ has forgiven us. <coughs> If you will, we're not to remember the sin. You know, John, uh, Simon Peter said, Lord, how often should we forgive him? 70 times 7? Or 7 times, excuse me, and Jesus says 70 times 7. That's a lot of forgiveness. The one in Luke, though, I like better in that it shows repetition in the same day. And he says, if your brother come and say, I repent, you're forgiven. And that was seven times a day. And we know seven is a complete number in both cases. And really, you can't say, well, he meant 490 times that first time. And, and the, uh, 491, I'm going to nail him. That's not what it means at all. It's the same with seven times a day. What about the eighth time, the ninth time? That's a complete number. <clears throat> What's the point to that? Jesus has forgiven you more than you'll ever forgive anybody else. 
God has, if you will, washed away more of your sins by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ than anybody in the universe could do against you. In comparison to what we've done toward God, there is absolutely no comparison to what anybody else has done to us. John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So it's not just John that says that. There's other passage. Love fulfillment of the law, Romans 13, 8, Owe no man anything but to love one another, and for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Somebody says, well, we touch not, taste not, handle not. Oh, God says, no, you have to worry about that touch not, handle not. This love. If you do what I say and love your brothers yourself, if you love their neighbors as, you, as yourself and your brothers and sisters in Christ as He has loved us and love God with our all, then we want to worry about that. We have fulfilled the law. And I took the time one time to go through the Ten Commandments and see how love and well, applied Took care of those. Maybe someday I'll, pre- I'll preach it. <clears throat> but you can go through each one of them and see how love applies. First Thessalonians 4 9, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Look at John 4 7. John 4, 7, starting there. That's 1 John 4. I thought, wait a minute. I'll blame it on my typist. Since it's me. Four seven. Beloved, let us love one another, and the love of God is of God, and every one that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that he might li- that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. I know you say. Because we love one another. My son, I won't mention the man's name, but my son, when God saved him, <clears throat> he come down, he said, I even love so-and-so, one of the men in the church. And, and I thought to myself, you know, it's it just peculiar that he'd say that, but he found it so exciting that this man that he's hated because of the trouble he caused the family, and some children take up offenses to the family, <clears throat> and when God saved him, he said, I love him too. And he was just amazed in himself that he loved. But that shouldn't be unique or special. That should be 
all the time. And keep yourself in the love of God, Jude 21, 24. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and have a, and of some have compassion, making the difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. <clears throat> now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. We could talk about all the different parts of that. It has by the fire and so on and so forth. Grip them out of the fire. There's no offense that you can do to kick you out of the kingdom of God. Okay. So there should not be a sin that a brother and sister in Christ can commit that would kick them out of our fellowship. I'm talking about personal fellowship. Some things the Bible says you have to discipline in the church and that would do but it's out of love. It's not out of spite. It's not out of saying, we're never going to get even with you now. We're casting you out of the church. No, it's for the purpose that they will repent, get that thing right with God, and come back in the church. A person can try to do all these things, but at last, the end of the commandment is, <coughs> commandment keeping is, if it's not charity, then it's a failure. <clears throat> because love is the fulfillment of the law, all above and above all things put on, on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. <clears throat> charity is the glue that binds the manifold graces together and keeps them working properly. We've been saved by grace, and <clears throat> we're to use that grace to show grace to others. And let me say to you, that's one of the hardest things there is to do. Some people offend your family, it makes it hard. For others, it might be different things, but let me say to you, we are set here on the earth to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to show others what Christ is. And one of the things that Christ is, he is one that loves those that come to him. And he is one that creates within his people a love wherein they can love one another and love their neighbors as their self. The worst thing you never see is a Christian arguing with his lost neighbor over something, take them to law, do all the other things that we see going on. That's not, if you will, being an ambassador for Christ. 